What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UJ Podcast. I'm Tyler. Here with me on the other end of the line, as he is each and every week, is my co-host, Curtis. Uh, you guys can follow us on Twitter, at Glory underscore UGA. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what we got going here today on the show. Actually, we think this is going to be a pretty interesting conversation. We're going to be looking at the uh, scheduling philosophy that our football program has moving forward. There's some comments made over the past couple weeks on our end, also from uh, Davo Swinney uh, from Clemson. Uh, regarding our scheduling in the future. So we'd love to get your thoughts on that. Again, that's at glory underscore UGA. I also want to make sure that everyone out there knows where you can find the show. Of course, you're listening to us somewhere, but just to make sure everyone knows everywhere you can find us, uh, dogsportsradio.com would be the first place to look. You can download Dogsports Radio app straight to your smartphone. That's how you get your news and and all your podcasting. Um, if you prefer SoundCloud and iTunes, you can find us there. You can also find us on the Stitcher and TuneIn apps as well. And if you get a chance... Uh, it'd be awesome if you guys could just take a second every day to rate and review the show, give us some feedback there. We really appreciate everyone who's done that. If you haven't, it'd be great to help us out there as we continue to try to grow our show. All right, well, with that out of the way, today on the show, what we're going to do, Kurt, is we're going to be taking a closer look at um, at our football scheduling philosophy moving forward. And the reason that we're bringing this up today, I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen this out there. If you haven't, though, we're going to just kind of recap it real quickly for you. Uh, Clemson head coach Dabo Swinney a few weeks ago was it about two or three weeks ago, Kurt, something like that. Yeah, two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, he made some comments regarding just kind of out of nowhere uh, regarding his desire to, to rekindle our rivalry with the Tigers. So uh, here's the quote directly from Dabo. He said, "Quote: I think it'd be great for both fan bases. I've said that for a long time. We're gonna play somebody like that every year. We go to Texas A&M this year, then they come to us. We played Auburn a bunch of times." So I think that would be great. And he goes on to say, uh, to me, it would be great uh, for the fan bases. You don't really look forward to playing Georgia. There's a good chance you can lose. But anytime you step out of conference and play the Texas A&Ms, the Auburns, whoever else we play, those are big challenges. But that's how we built our program. I would have no problem. So he kind of, I don't want to say laid down the gauntlet, but he, he certainly put it out there that he's very interested in kind of getting our uh, rivalry going again with Clemson. Uh, then about a week ago, uh, our athletic director, Greg McGarity, responded to Davos' comments. And according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, McGarity had this to say, quote, I do think down the road you will see Clemson and Georgia playing each other. I'm not sure about the frequency of it, but I do think you'll see us play each other in the not-too-distant di- not future. And he also goes on to say, in each of those years, and he's talking about the years uh 2021 through 2025, we have some opening slots there because we're kind of booked up um, up until pretty much 2021. So he says, uh, in each of those years, we are working on other Power 5 opponents. We have a lot of discussions in the works now. That's our goal, to have two Power 5 non-conference opponents every year. It's not as easy as people think it is. There's a lot that goes on, uh, goes into it. Our staff devotes a tremendous amount of time and scheduling. I know Kirby enjoys the challenge of playing another Power 5 school in addition to Tech. So there you got to double down on Kirk. I mean, judging McGarry on those comments, well, that's what we have to go on right now. It seems pretty clear right now that not only do we hope to play two Power 5 uh, conference, non-conference opponents moving forward, but that we are actively working on doing so and setting it up right now. Is that how you read those comments? Um, yeah, more or less. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I don't know if there's really any other way to read it. I mean, it's what he's flat out saying there. And he, and he kind of doubled down at the end there and said, look, and this is what Kirby wants. Kirby enjoys that. So, I, I mean, I, if you think about it, what this tells me is that Kirby has basically gone to McGarry and said, look, we want to step out there and play other teams. Because think about when McGarry first go, we had we had uh, 
home and homes of Oregon, home and homes of Louisville. We canceled those when McGarity came on board. Uh, but now Kirby is here and he's in charge, and we've or huh, well more or less in charge. Um, and now we had a, we had a huge season last year. He's got a lot of cachet that he can kind of throw around, got a lot of weight to throw around now. Uh, so it looks like that's what Kirby wants, and therefore if that's what Kirby wants, that's what McGarity wants right now. So with that being the case, based on what we just heard there, the big question here, Kurt, is should we play two Power Five non-conference games a year? Now we're gonna get into this in detail here in a minute. I'm just gonna I'm gonna start off with this, and I I'm gonna start off from like my selfish fan viewpoint because as a guy. Uh, who goes to every single home, every single away game. I spend a lot of money to do so. There is a selfish side of this for me. I think it's probably the case for a lot of fans out there that that travel these games, where I just want to see more exciting matchups, and I I, I really want to get the chance to visit new campuses, experience different game day environments. Like I truly love that. Uh, Even when we lose. I mean, of course, I don't like to go places like that and lose games. But, for example, going out to Colorado a couple years back, that was an awesome experience. I loved it. Now, yeah, like I was in a completely catatonic state that Sunday morning as I was just kind of aimlessly shifting through the, the Denver airport, thinking about just how far we'd fallen as a program. But all in all, I still have really fond memories of that trip. And then when you win, like Notre Dame last year, I mean, it's just unbelievable. I, I mean, I've had the good fortune to travel a lot of places all over the world, and I've, I've seen them experience a lot of cool things. But, but that Notre Dame trip and, and that, that kind of that trip-game combo and how it played out – that is at the top of my list of experiences. And then you then you have the, the, the return trips. You have exciting home games like Clemson or even Oklahoma State a couple years back that, that are far more interesting than the Charleston Southern snooze fest you get every other team like that. So from that selfish standpoint, of course, I would love for us to play another out-of-conference Power 5 team outside of Tech. So, yeah, at first blush, I was when I heard these comments and I read these, I was like, yes, totally 100% gung-ho about this idea. And this is what I've been asking and wanting. Uh, I've been wanting this for a long time, but I thought about it a little bit more, you know. And it's like, okay, yeah, like, this would be awesome for me. My wife would love this, and the fans would, would be all over this. But is this really about me? Uh, I, I, and I think the answer is probably not. It's really got to be about what's. About yeah, it's not about me, you know. So like, there's a selfish aspect that, and I will own that. I'm putting that out there first. But it really is about what, what's best for our team. So what I decided to do is I, I, I man, I, I dug into this uh, over the past couple of days. Looked at the the uh, the first four years of the college football playoffs and just did some digging to see if playing two out of conference opponents every year, like does that really help you get in the college football playoff? Does that really give you a leg up on the competition? Is is that really what's in our program's best interest moving forward? So, Kurt, before I throw out what I was able to kind of dig up, I'm just curious to get your take on that. Like, from your perspective, is this something that we should really be pursuing year in year out, where we're trying to play two Power Five non com uh, non conference games every year? I mean, in a perfect world, yes, but let's be honest, I don't think we should handicap ourselves by committing to something like that while other teams are yet to do it. Um, I think that's one thing that we really need to point out is um, until other teams start doing that where they try to uh, – you know, schedule these powder puffs. I mean, look at a Florida, look at who uh, they, they, you know, been scheduling more and more powder puffs, especially since Mullins got there. And the thing is, while we're doing that, it really can set a, put us by the eight ball, especially if we're going to continue to play South Carolina um, in the second week. I mean, think about it. If we go out there and play a really tough non, uh, a power five opponent week one, and then you all of a sudden week two, you're in the SEC, you could very easily be 0-2, and that completely changed the trajectory of your uh, season. 
Yeah, you could, or you could easily win those games, and you could be well, off yeah, to a I'm rocky saying, start. I mean, but at the same time, also, you also have to think about your health. Um, there's so many things that go into it. I mean, you're playing a really good opponent, and, and it also depends on who you're playing. I mean, look at Alabama; they're getting all this credit for playing, you know, Power Five teams in the first game. But you're playing; a, you're going to be playing a terrible Louisville team this year. They, Alabama, outside of a couple of occasions, like Florida State last year, was supposed to be this epic game, and I guess USC a couple years ago was supposed to be a pretty good game. But they've done; a, they've kind of mastered. The, the art of playing a Power 5 team open season that's pretty good, that's respectable, but like not great. Like West Virginia a couple years back, uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Tech, like those kind of teams. Like, you know, they, they play those teams. It's like, yeah, we get, we get a lot of respect for playing those games. But it's like, like Wisconsin, like, but they're not going to lose those games. And uh, Now, Florida State was a legitimate, you know, that, that was a, legit, a legitimate challenge last year. That was a huge game coming into the season. Uh, but then, you know, DeAndre Francois gets hurt. They're probably going to lose that game anyway. But, but you're right. I like and see, one thing I also want to look at. So, say we, you know, we play a really tough, we play a, a power five out of conference opponent, and then we lose just one SEC game. All right, we have two losses, and then there's another conference, Big Ten or anyone else like that, that has one loss and it was in conference. Then we're left out, even though they played a, you know, more likely they played a easier if they played easier non conference and things like that. In the end of it, it's gonna the perception of, you know, the wins and losses, things like that, play a role in it. That is very true. Um, but I would say a lot of those teams, like the Ohio States, Oklahoma, like they, those teams also play a big out-of-conference game. They, well, I mean, they have nine-game conference schedules, too. To I mean, look at, I mean... No, I'm just saying, like, a lot of those teams that are competing for spots in college playoff, like, they're, they're playing at least one pretty big out-of-conference Power 5 game every year. Uh, and, and like the Big Ten and, and the Pac-12 and the Big 12 right now, they, they already have nine conference teams. So if they play one non-conference Power 5 team, that's basically now you've got ten Power 5 teams on your schedule every year. So I think they, I mean those teams do it. But you're right. Like if we lose two games and one of those is one of those non-conference games, then you're screwed. Right? It's like, well, that didn't help us. So I think you're exactly right. Like it, it definitely has the potential to hurt us. It does. But – wouldn't you also say like it kind of depends on the year because nothing happens well, in I mean, the vacuum? You can, yeah, you can look at help this last year, but it, like I said, it could it could either hurt you or help you. And until everyone else, you know, a lot of these teams that are you know the top twenty five consistently are committing to it, why are you going to be the one the one that wants to be different and possibly handicap yourself while others aren't? I do think that's one of the biggest issues in college football. You hear some people talk about this from time to time. Some of those talking I mean, heads. Yeah, here's Dave and talk about it, and I think it's a reality. Like you're over here trying to play some better teams when other people aren't. Yeah. So how you know you're 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 almost like tying a hand behind your back partially. Yeah, absolutely. Look, would I, as a fan, love for the SEC, for example, to go to a, a, a nine-game conference schedule? Hell yeah, I would. I would love to be able to play three SEC West teams a year and, and be able to play them more than once every 12 years at home and once every 12 years at their place. But, you know, why would we do that unless somebody makes us, right? Because it's you're making it harder on yourself playing another game. I totally get that. You know, and all these other conferences give the SEC crap about not playing a nine-game conference schedule. It's, uh, it's like, well, we do it, so you have to do it too. It's like, well, no one made you do it. Like, you chose to do that, right? So, and, you know, don't give us crap because we're not following your lead. Like, if someone if, – if there's a czar out there, and that's what I was kind of getting to is like, I, I wish in some ways that there – I mean – if you had a college ball czar or commissioner, there'd be issues. That's like you have issues with like the NFL commissioner and Roger Goodell. But I think if you had a commissioner like that, that was able to put some laws, not laws, rules into place that all those five, those Power Five conferences had to follow. Like, okay, you all play nine game conference schedules, then you all have to play one Power Five conference team outside of that, um, or whatever it might be. Like, I would be, I I would be much more likely to say, yeah, let's play two Power Five non conference games outside of the out of our league, right? Because 
then everyone else is doing it. So I'm with you. And that's that's my biggest frustration with college athletics in general. I, I love college sports. It's it's incredible. It's what I live for. But the the inequity in scheduling and how it how it's structured, it it, it it's kind of frustrating from time or not from time to time, from all the time I would say. But for here's the how here's how I look at it, all right? So at, try to go back to answer that question. Is it in our best interest to play two power five non conference games a year? I would say this. It depends on the year. Some years, yes. Some years, no. And there's a couple. If you look at the first four years of college playoff, I got a couple examples here to back that up. Uh, if you the, the two biggest ones, I would say, all right, let's look at. Uh, t- this, let's start with 2015, 2016. All right. So this was the second year of the college football playoffs. All right. There's uh, and in this season, an extra non-conference Power Five game was a huge factor in Oklahoma getting in over Iowa. So if you remember back that year, remember Iowa was undefeated in the regular season. Yeah. But like, no one took them seriously because they really hadn't played much of anybody, right? Uh, well, that year, Oklahoma, that was the year Oklahoma goes to Tennessee and wins at Tennessee, a nine-win Tennessee team. So a good Tennessee team, a ranked Tennessee team. Okay, And, and that was in addition to playing nine conference games. So by playing Tennessee, adding that to their nine-game conference schedule, then that's ten Power 5 teams they play. All right? Now, Iowa was undefeated in the regular season. All right, but they lost the Big Ten title game. So Oklahoma lost one game. I think they lost to Texas that year um, by a touchdown. Iowa goes undefeated in the regular season, but loses the Big Ten title game. Uh, so in that scenario, it was Oklahoma who gets in as the four seed over Iowa. Uh, but I, I would submit to you, Kurt, tell me if you disagree. I think without that road win at Tennessee, Oklahoma probably does not get in. Would you just? I mean, I think Iowa gets in if, if, if Oklahoma did not play and win at Tennessee. Is that fair? Uh, it might be fair, but as bad as it sounds, you also have name recognition going into those things too. That's true, but how do you build name recognition? You build name recognition by playing some of those games and beating some of those teams. Yeah, but you know, let's be honest. Who would the playoff committee rather have in there? Well, of course they'd. I mean, well, the, well, not according to them, it's not supposed to matter. But you, of course, you would probably look at Oklahoma, of course. But I mean, what I'm saying is, like, how do you get to be that team where the playoff committee looks at you and says, "Oh, yeah, well, we you have name recognition. You get that name recognition by going out and playing those." high-profile matchups and winning those high-profile matchups. Last year, Oklahoma, by playing Ohio State, knocked themselves out of a chance for getting into the playoffs because they come back... Ohio State, you mean, by by virtue of playing Oklahoma? Yeah, no. Oklahoma, when they lost to them last year, they come back in the season ranked really high but had no chance to even make the playoffs after the home loss to Ohio State the year last year. No, last year Ohio Oklahoma no, went to Ohio State. Year yeah, year before. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The year before last, they. You're right. So in that game right there, you could look at that and say, sure, absolutely. And now here's so if you take the 2016-2017 season, look at that playoff mix right there. So the the big controversy in 2016-2017 was Ohio State gets gets in over Penn State, right? Uh, Penn State won the regular season match against Ohio State, then they won the Big Ten title, but they had two losses, right? And one of those two losses, and this is what you, this is the scenario you laid out a second ago, Kurt, was to an out of conference Power Five, and they lost at Pitt by three points, right? And yeah. in, in that season, playing that out of conference Power Five team hurt Penn State because without that loss, doesn't Penn State get in over Ohio State? Hundred percent, hundred percent, right? And, and the reason Ohio, but but you can also look at the other side and say Ohio State. Maybe one of the reasons they got in over Penn State without beating Penn State, without winning the conference title, is that they went to Oklahoma that year and won by nineteen. I mean, that also helped them there as well. So it can the sword can cut, can cut both ways. It can definitely hurt you. Clearly, Penn State if they, if they don't lose the pit, they they go that year. 
Penn State last year or the year before when this happened. Yeah. They were not playing at the top of their game at the beginning of the season. Sure. Then by the time they come through, they're roaring. And kill- I mean, look. Yeah, but if they would have played Pitt at the end of the year that year, they would have beaten them by two or three touchdowns. Similar to like when Georgia goes out there uh, when we and play South Carolina you know, and lose. Second game, yeah. Tennessee, but you know, if, you know, if we had played an out of conference team, we, uh, we probably wouldn't have beat them because we weren't playing well. Yeah, no, I mean, so, like, I, I'm trying to help you make your point here, because there are some years where that's just the case. Like, that year, Penn State, without losing by three points on the road to Pitt, they didn't have to play Pitt, they could have played Western Michigan. If they would have played Western Michigan and won that game, Penn State's in the college playoff, you know? And they were a good team, they would have, they would have had a chance to make some noise in that college playoff. Uh, but then if you look at 2017, 2018, this past year, uh, really it came down to that fourth spot, you know, despite being the Big Ten champion, Ohio State, they had two losses to Bama's one. A lot of people were upset that Bama got into Ohio State. I don't think Ohio State was the one with the best argument, because they had, they, I mean, I'm sorry, they had two losses, and there's no team in the first four years of the playoffs that's had two losses and gotten in. I and I know Ohio State beat Wisconsin uh, in, the, in the Big Ten title game. I, I get that they did that, and I know that we have immediacy bias, and that's what we saw, you know, last there, so hey, if you lose late, that means that's, that's for some reason, for some people, losing late is, it's... It's, it hurts you more than if you lose in week one or week two. I, I never under, quite understood that, but for some people, they, they take that idea. But I think Wisconsin had the best case in Alabama. Wisconsin played nine conference games, plus they played Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. But here's what hurt Wisconsin. They had zero out-of-conference Power 5 games. I think it really would have helped Wisconsin. Like, I, I, I truly believe this. Uh, if, if Wisconsin would have had just one power five out of conference game against someone like maybe like a, a Louisville or like an Ole Miss or something. If they had one game like that, then I think they very well might have gotten in over Alabama. I mean, don't you think they would have had at least a fair shot if they had – because that was what was killing them is their strength of schedule, right? That's what you heard all year long. So if they would have one out-of-conference power five game, in addition to their nine-game conference schedule and the extra data point playing in Ohio State in the Big Ten title game, I think they might have gotten in over Alabama. Because, I mean, look at Bama's schedule last year. It was nothing. They just they, they got lucky that the team that they were kind of matched up against there, the two teams, and, uh, for that fourth spot, Ohio State had two losses, which kind of uh, disqualified them. And then Wisconsin, with one loss, had played nobody at a conference. So they got lucky there and, and got in. So I don't know. Like I guess if you look at it here, I mean, no two-loss team has ever gotten in. So if you have two losses, like you're not getting in. Like right? Would you say that if you have two losses, you're, you're done? Uh, yeah. Right? So I think that has to be considered. You know, as we said, look at Penn State in 2016. Uh, but I will, uh, as I kind of just laid out there, playing those out of conference Power Five games has also helped some teams as well. I mean, it's the thing, if you're in a situation where you don't win the conference title game, but you still only have one loss, like let's say Alabama last year, a win over an additional out of conference Power Five team that can help put you on the right side of the bubble. I mean, it could. I mean, look at Ohio State in 2016 with that 19 point win at Oklahoma that helped put them on the right side of the bubble. Uh, so I don't know. I, I guess for me, like I, uh, I totally see what you're saying. So you but, think, and also, like one thing I think, like I say, it also depends on the opponent of who you're playing out. Of. Like we said, if we were to, you know, match what Alabama does, we play a team that's challenging, but that's not a top five team annually. And and, and that's so hard to do because you schedule these games like pretty far, a couple years in advance, right? So it's it's really hard to predict what a team's gonna look like, you know, what kind of attrition they have, what kind of recruiting they're gonna have, you know, does a quarterback pan out, does a coach get fired? Like you just it's so hard to predict that. Uh, but yeah, I mean you, that's, of course that's what you wanna try to do. Try to find a program that's like consistently good but never like necessarily like, great. So I don't know, there's just there's a couple ways to look at this. Uh I, I here's here's one more question for you. Do you have to consider seeding in this too? 
Is it just about getting in the cultural playoff, or do you want to try to set yourself up in a position to get the highest seed possible? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, as weird as it is, the lowest seed has always won the. Uh, yeah, there's two four. Well, there's so two four seeds, right? Like Alabama's the four seed last year. Ohio State is the four seed in the first year, right? They won. But and then Bama as uh, the uh, two seed. There's a two seed. And then Clemson has a two seed. So, I mean, seeding's nice and everything, but especially when it gets into the fact where the locations, you already have the two set locations. I mean, maybe we could have played closer last year, but in the end, I mean, it, that's not really what decided the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. It's nice to obviously be playing closer. Would I rather us play in Atlanta or, uh, or, or Miami or something as opposed to going to, like, Glendale? Of course, you know, like not going off the Rose Bowl was was pretty freaking awesome. And but I don't know if we did that again, how many people would be? I think you know a lot of people did that the first time because it was like, oh my god, we're going to the Rose Bowl. I haven't been there in a long time. Uh, but let's also let's talk about the the other elephant in the room here. Now, nominally, Tech is a Power Five out of conference opponent, right? Nominally, but do we really get credit for them being a Power Five opponent? Like when we beat them, do people really say, yeah, Georgia, that's a good win? Like, do we get because that's that's when the other arguments like wait we already like okay we already play one power five out of conference opponent every single year in tech but do we really get credit for that? And the biggest reason we don't is because they suck. They run. Well, yeah, people see them as a high school team. Yeah, that, I think that's the biggest thing because you know Clemson will get more credit when they beat uh, South Carolina. Absolutely, vice versa. Absolutely, and they, and they get more credit for being South Carolina. South Carolina as an, an SEC team, right? A, yeah. middle, a middling SEC team versus a middling to to not great ACC team program in tech, you're gonna get more credit for that. You just simply are. Uh, but I mean, you already hear people say this. You look at our schedule. Um, people look at our schedule this year and they say, "Well, Georgia's really not playing anyone out of conference." So I mean, like their schedule's not that tough. Like they're not really challenging themselves. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, like we're like, and you and I have talked about this before. How is playing Tech at the end of the year any different than Alabama playing Louisville the first game of the year? It's not. It's not at all. It's not at all. But yeah, Alabama gets credit. I mean, they're challenging themselves out of conference, man. They're playing Louisville to open the season. They do this every year. Dude, we, we do the same thing we should do at the end of the year. Like, I, I, like we, but, but we don't get credit for it. Whatever reason it is, the perception out there like, is, is that Tech is not really a power five. But like, we just have to play them because they're our in-state rival. Uh, so we don't really get credit for that. So, like, yeah, I know you say, well, if we add another one that's two power five out of conference opponents you could possibly lose to. But people don't look at Tech as a power five opponent. Or out of conference opponent. So, like to me, it's like if you add another one, I, I don't. And, and really, like, moving forward, do you see Tech as a threat to us? Like, really? Not really. As long as Paul Johnson stays coach, when it looks like that, he will. <laughs> Which is like going to be the coach forever. I mean, should we even keep them on the schedule at this point? Um, I think that the, the ramifications of getting them off is what's so difficult. <laughs> well, the problem, like, okay, well. It, it, it is this question. The first time I consider is like, does it help us to beat Tech? Like, like really, does playing and beating Tech help us? Really, does, what does that do for us? Uh, nothing really, because especially the way Tech. I mean, it'll help us one year out of four usually. Yeah, I mean, they're, they they might rise up every now and then. You're right, make a an a ACC title game appearance. I've done that in the past, but like that's just that's not the norm for them. It's like yeah, it's like a maybe a once out of every four year kind of cycle deal. But they just like beating them doesn't really. Do anything for us, like beating them last year. It was like okay, like you know, if you watch like College Ball Live or something, or, or the College Ball Scoreboard Show, they covered that game for like ten seconds. You know, like no one, Which no one's paying attention to that. Because two years, like two years ago, when South Carolina was terrible and Clemson beats them by like fifty, oh, how great Clemson is! But South Carolina wasn't even a bowl eligible team. 
That's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. We beat the holy crap out of Tega. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not big on the conspiracy thing against us or anything, but you're right. I mean, that's that that's that's 100 percent the case. Because I remember watching. Because I just you know I like to revel in any misery on te- that Tech suffers. So uh, every time we beat them, I have to turn on the TV at night and just see the see the highlights, just to kind of relive it one more time and just kind of rub it in their face. And I remember them finally mentioning us, like, oh, by the way, like a top three team in the country. Oh, and yeah, they mentioned it for like five to ten seconds. I was like, oh, cool. So like, we just like no one pays attention to that. To that, it doesn't give us any credit whatsoever. It doesn't help us in any way. But I think you you were kind of hitting on it. It's the repercussions of backing out of it, right? Because no matter no matter how valid our reasons are for for leaving, because honestly, it would be so much better for our program to not play tech and to play a big power five out of conference, but like like Bama does every year, right? Like yeah. that would be in our best interest. But if we do that. Well, then you have people screaming about Georgia's Georgia's scared, Georgia's cowardly. Even though if you look at the right, like, like no, we're not, we're not pulling out because we're scared. We're pulling out because like you don't matter and we don't care about playing you and beating you doesn't do anything for us. We're bigger and better than that. Like we have, we're a higher profile program and we need to be playing higher profile teams. That's just the bottom line. But it wouldn't be sold like that. Uh, you, and then you have the governor. I mean, it'd be a political thing. The governor would be all pissed off. It just, it'd be a mess. So there's just a lot of political ramifications that go along with that. And you hear people talk about, you know, not that it really matters, but lamenting the loss of, of rivalries, and that's what makes college football, college football, and all that deal. So, yeah, I mean, look, like, I don't think we should play. T- I, if I had my way, we wouldn't play. T- I mean, I love beating them, but that's just not reality. It's not going to happen. Uh, I'd love to be able to play some different teams, but it's just the misfortune of having your in-state rival be not a conference opponent, kind of like Clemson in, in South Carolina. Uh, what about this, though? All right, now, outside of, like, getting into playoffs, I mean, I, I guess I should say outside of directly – impacting how you get to the playoffs. I think there's some indirect things that it can help you with as well. Would you, I mean, would you not agree that playing those big time, like playing Notre Dame last year, right? Does that not help enhance your brand and help you turn into like a national program, like enhance the, the, the profile of your program? It does. And I think that's another, you know, we haven't really touched on it yet, but that's uh, the one thing when we were talking about, you know, if we were playing a power five team, I'm not for playing Clemson. I would rather play because, you know, Dabo's thing is good for our fans. How is it good for our fans? Clemson is nothing special to us. That was my special is like what we did, like you mentioned last year, where we go to Notre Dame, where we have scheduled to go to UCLA. Those are what's special for our fan bases. 100%. Now here, and I I was going to go, I was going to go to this next. I'm glad you brought this up. Nice segue, man. Uh, So moving forward, if we, if we do try to schedule two out of conference power five points, which it seems according to comments from our athletic director, who's in charge of that, it seems like that's the way we're moving. But if we do that, I'm totally with you. I I don't think Clemson should be that team. Like I don't would think we help give them another another yes. chance to share their brand in front in, in front of our yes, recruits, which we're already battling Absolutely, like no way, man. Look, I get what people are saying. Like the tradition, we used to play them on a semi annual basis. The proximity, like I get that. But if we want to become a truly national brand, like even more so, like we, like we need to spread our wings and go play more teams outside the southeastern footprint, like Notre exactly. Dame. I mean, people. Uh, you know, players, athletes, and people like that know who we are in South Carolina. There's, yes. there's, we gain nothing by going there. But, you know, we go to a Texas. Go to Texas. We go to an Oklahoma. Go to a California. Where, and places like that we're already trying to get our, you know, reach into. It helps us more. Even if we were to go somewhere in Florida where we don't go. Cause when go we to play, the Virginias. Uh, go play Virginia yeah, Tech. Anywhere. I mean, it, it, 
that's what I'm saying. I would rather go somewhere, first off, that our fan base doesn't get to go often. Because if, if yes. you really want saying it's better for our fan base, our fan base is better off served by going, you know, like going to the Rose Bowl last year was a once-in-a-lifetime trip for a lot of people. Yeah. Things like that is what actually serves better for your fan base. Dude, you and I are on the same page. I'm with you, man. Like, honestly, why? Like, you Dab, said this. Dabo wants it for recruiting. Of course, and, of and course. over Georgia saying, oh, we beat Georgia this year. That's, That's exactly why. Yeah, exactly. Why do you think Dabo wants to play us? That's exactly why. Why do you think Notre Dame wanted to play us? That's exactly why, to enhance their access to our fertile recruiting grounds. That's the only reason, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why. Thing, why does UCLA want to play us? They want to get into when, Georgia. When did, Clemson, when did Clemson really take off um, under Dabo? The year after they beat hmm. us, and uh, they, then you have Sean Watson and people like that coming on the campus. Yeah, absolutely. Like Clemson is not in a state where they can just recruit their state and win at a high level every single year. They can't do that. They have to. They have to recruit nationally, and so they, in order for them to recruit nationally, they have to get themselves out there and start playing teams in big times in big time states. Why are they playing Texas A&M this year? Huh? I, I wonder. They want to get access to Texas recruiting grounds. Of course they do. Why do they want to play us? They want access to our recruits. Of course. That's exactly why. I mean, and, and to hold it over, they say, hey, we beat them. We're better. Right. Why and why do we want to give Clemson any more exposure inside our home state? Like, we, like why would we want to do that? I, I, you, just, like, you can say – and you can say that about any team that wants to play us. Like, of course, the only reason any team really wants to play us outside of our conference is because they want to come into our state and, and raise the profile of recruits in our state, of course. But with Clemson being a bordering state, it magnifies the impact for them, doesn't it? Well, and it doesn't help us because, sorry, so they those teams want to come in our state, okay? Well, we may want to go in their state. Like UCLA, okay, yeah, sure. UCLA wants a chance to come to Georgia. We but we'd love a chance to play in front of kids in California. Absolutely. I mean, it goes both ways. Like, I would love for us – that's one of the reasons I would love for us to play Texas. Even though, yes, Texas A&M is already in the SEC, but we haven't had – we have not – still crazily have not had a chance to play Texas A&M. It's coming soon, but we haven't had a chance to play them. We won't play there until like 2024 or something. Go, Let's go play Texas. Let's go play Texas in 2021. Like, like, to me, honestly, how does that hurt us? Like, it, it, like, yeah, you could maybe lose the game, but then it would do so much more positive than I think that negative in that situation. And, and, and honestly, like, talking about Clemson again, plus, like, you got to factor that Clemson just sucks. Like, it's a horrible place to go. Like, there, and this is me being selfish. You know, like, there's nothing there, it's just from the fan perspective. There's so few quality bars and restaurants. It's truly just like Auburn, except it has a lake. And, like, honestly, those are the only two road games in my life that my wife and I have ever just driven in for the day for. Uh, Auburn and Clemson. Everywhere else we go and make a weekend out of it, but Auburn and Clemson are such trash pits of nothingness that we refuse to stay there any longer than we have to. So on the selfish side, that's another aspect to this for me. Like I would say no because there are many other places I would rather go as a fan to visit, to experience. And also like, like going to Clemson, like I, I'm sure people will be excited about it, but does that build the level of fan excitement to the level of like going to Notre Dame or going to Michigan or going to Texas? Fans turn out, fans spending two thousand dollars on tickets to go to Clemson. No way, man! Like, no, like, but going to Texas, going, getting to go to Austin, Texas, and see a game there, going to the big house in Michigan, dude, I mean, just like us going to LSU this year, it's gonna be a hot ticket because yeah. we don't do it much. It's, I mean, it's, like, these are bucket list kind of things. Like going to Clemson, hey, that's cool, you know, they're a good program, you have a great game. But is that a bucket list thing for anybody in our fan base? No. It's not. So, like, we'll be excited, but we won't be excited to the degree that if we went to play Notre Dame, right? And I will say, like, like playing Notre Dame early season like that and the fan the fan experience and the fans showing up like we did, like, the nation, it they saw that, right? Recruits saw that, okay? Like, if you said, well, it, the fan, it, does, it doesn't matter what the fans want. Yeah, it kind of does because if the fans want it and they go to those games and show up like we showed up all year, recruits see that, okay? 
Everyone, the media sees that, and they broadcast it. They talk about how great Georgia's fan base is. I mean, all you hear right now in the offseason when they talk about Georgia fans is, like, one of the best fan bases in college football. Had you, I mean, we'd always felt that way, but nationally, was that the perception of us prior to playing Notre Dame and what we did this year? No, I mean, that's the thing. Uh, It wasn't. No, it wasn't until this past year, the Notre Dame and the uh, Rose Bowl game. Never, ever have they talked about the way Georgia fans travel. All you hear was that, well, Georgia, you hear Sanford Stadium, it's it's not really that great of an environment, but you never heard anything positive. But this year it changed, right? Yeah, it, it, all it changed was how how you know how dedicated these Georgia fans are, and it's really been no different. Like if we get chances to go, like to Arizona State, to Colorado, to Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State, like we we traveled those games too, but we weren't like we weren't playing at the at the level. I mean, Arizona State, we were number one, but so we weren't playing consistently at that level. But now that we're at this level that Kirby's gotten us at, and, pe- and we're traveling, and people see this. Does that not help us though? Like if we played an out of conference team like Texas or Michigan, and you go there and our fans travel like crazy, recruits see that. You don't think that would help us? I don't know how it doesn't. Right, it has to. So, like I, when you're talking about should we play this out of conference Power Five opponents, like two of them, I totally get what you're saying. That outset, like yeah, it absolutely could hurt you. Like there's a potential that it could hurt you. I just happen to think that the potential for it to help you outweighs the potential for it to hurt you. Is that fair? No, I, I agree. I just my whole thing has always been. You know, if no one else is doing it, or if not, they're not all doing well, it, why are we? Then, don't you know? I know it, it's a couple years out, but you can always try to forecast for who exactly you're playing, what like everyone else is too. Yeah, I mean, you, you can you can do it to a degree. I just look, I, I'm totally with you. Man. I understand that, like, if you if you lose. Uh, one conference game. So let's say last year. I mean, let's use last year. If we we lose to Auburn like we did, right? And we and we happen to lose to Notre Dame. Was that game was close, man? That could have gone either way. If we lose Notre Dame, do we go to the Rose Bowl? No, it's, we it's, don't. It's, yeah, look, look at us this year. We're you know we lost some players, yes. And I like we've said, we both believe, especially our secondary things like that, we're replacing them with more talented players. But say we were to go to Notre Dame this year with this team, we'd probably be in for trouble. It's very possible. It's very very possible. There's no doubt. But then I would also say you can look at plenty of cases, and even through the first four years of college football playoff, like real cases where because teams didn't challenge themselves enough outside of conference, they got left out, or a team that challenged themselves outside of conference, even like a nine-game schedule like Oklahoma and Iowa State have had, that was what pushed them over the edge onto the right side of the bubble. So it, it cuts both ways. It just depends on the year because nothing happens in a vacuum, right? It depends on the yeah. year and who, who does what. Like, is, is there a two-loss conference champion in one league uh, or – uh, was the undefeated team lose in the conference title game? And it's like there's so many factors that go that can that can that can play out. But there are. I mean, think about it. Like two, like we mentioned earlier, two years ago when Ohio State went to Norman and, and beat Oklahoma pretty bad. Oklahoma was in a transition, you know, transitioning a lot of players into their system at that point. And by the end of the season, those players were in and they were killing everyone. Then you have this this past year where Oklahoma or Ohio State was kind of transitioning a few more players, and Oklahoma was the one with a settled offensive line, settled defense. You know, you have Baker Mayfield and all his weapons out there. They were the ones ready. Yeah, I mean that's true. Like. Would, would, do you do you if so? Let's say if we did play a second out of conference, but would you prefer? Because sounds like you're you're concerned. Like if we play early and you start off, you know, you you lose it and you start off slow. Maybe you lose to South Carolina. And the season's gone before it even starts. Would you rather I mean, play it later in the South season? Carolina, it, it, well, I mean, especially if you lose to South Carolina, it, it not only does it hurt your season, but it hurts your recruiting and things like that because you, then there's no excitement around your team anymore. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 as much as it can add to your program, it can definitely air out as well. But like, look, again, look at Notre I Dame last year. Mark Grace last year. Okay, uh, we won, or not as last year, but one of those years where we lose to Boise in the very first game. They lose to South Carolina. 2011. Also, he's on the hot seat. 
But then he reeled off what ten in a row well, yeah, to get us the SEC title I game. Mean, but, you know, for, until he didn't even get off that hot seat till almost more than halfway through the season was over. Even after we were winning those games, it really wasn't until the end that the narrative of the hot seat really even stopped. It's true. It's true. But I also look at like last year Notre Dame again. Like, don't you think winning that game built momentum for this team that carried forward the rest of the year? Oh, I do, but I, it also helped though that the Notre Dame team we played was good but not great. Uh, they weren't I mean, great. No, they I, were I, very I, good, I, though. They weren't I, great, but they were very so good. Much to, there is so much to gain, and there's so much to lose. It, I think it just really – I mean, and if all honesty, I think I, I'm more comfortable doing this under a coach like Kirby Smart than I ever would be under a coach like Mark Rick. Oh, God forbid. I mean, love Mark Rick. Great. I mean, I don't want to kill him, but yeah, of course. I mean, I like my – you know, it was early in Mark Rick's tenure. I was thinking about the other day. Like, you know, in the 2000, let's say, like, 2002, 2003, 2004, I, I went into every game thinking that we were going to win. Like, I never considered that we were going to lose a game. Like, no matter who we were playing, I was like, we're, I always felt good that we were going to win. And then we got to the middle and the late parts of his tenure, and you you, you lost that feeling. You, I went to every game like a nervous wreck, like a, like a full-on Larry Munson in every game, right? And, you know, for the first year or so, Kirby, I, I kind of felt that way. But now I've got to the point where, like, I just have – Infinite trust in the guy. Like I, I feel like yeah, we could. I mean, we could lose games. We could lose at LSU, but I feel like every game that we play, we should win, right? Like, like I, I'm getting back to that feeling, and that's that's a that's a beautiful thing. So I think you, you're right. You have to fact that, and if you're playing out of conference opponents, you got Kirby Smart at the helm, and Kirby's gonna have us ready. But like, I, I'm with you, man. Like it totally could help hurt us in a lot of cases. I just happen to think if you factor in, okay, well. It, it could help us if you play one of those teams and you win. That could be the difference between you getting in or getting left out of the college football playoff. Plus, it helps you, you know, exposes you to new uh, recruiting grounds. It helps raise the profile of your program nationally when you start playing those games and winning those games. Because think about all offseason. When you have one of those big games set up, that's all people talk about all offseason. Think about Florida State and Alabama last year, right? That's uh-huh. all anyone would ever talk I mean, about. about it, and recruits Fields, hear that. Justin Fields, that's where he's at first week of the season last year. Absolutely. They hear that. And, I mean, all the talk is, I mean, all those, those you know, like Sirius XM, whatever, I mean, our show, whatever show you're listening to out there, it talks college football. During the offseason, there ain't that much to talk about because no football is being played. So they talk about the season coming up. And, of course, you're going to focus on those big-time matchups in week one and week two. And when you're at Florida yeah, State and Alabama playing in the first week, you get to talk about all year long. Recruits hear that they want to play in those kind of games. Yeah, they want to go to those games. Weeks. The six weeks leading up to the season, you know, you have ESPN with their college football promos. Yeah, they'll show some, te- you know, some of the top teams expected to be in there. But then, for especially the last month, all you see is this first week of college football. You got these games. You got these games. For, and like, you know, they mentioned last year when we, because that one weekend you had Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Georgia, Notre Dame, and you have those billings that are built built up for almost an entire month to everyone in the nation that watches or checks even ESPN at all. So now it sounds like you agree with me. That we should play two hours. No, that's what I said. I mean, I, I've always been, you know, I, like and, I said, you're saying in an ideal world, world, it'd be great. Is yeah, that what you're in saying? In an ideal world, it's the, it's the perfect solution to everything. But it, we don't, I call it football, it's not an ideal world. It's far from it. It's a has it's and has not. It's a perfect world with everyone trying to change every little thing, uh, every, everything, you know. It, and here's another thing we schedule, say we schedule one of these opponents, and then all of a sudden, boom, SEC says, Nine we're games. going to a nine-game schedule. Yeah. Or, you know, there's anything like that can just change. There's, there's so much that we can't account for at this point from eight to nine years down the road. That's a really fair point. I mean, I can't, I can't argue with you there at all. I just, going back to, to what I was saying again, like, yeah, I'm with you. It could hurt. I can see how it could hurt us. But I just think there's so many – the potential for helping us is greater than the potential that it could hurt us. I think exposing our program, 
to, to new recruits in different parts of the, of the country, uh, the, the off-season talk, you know, elevating the profile of our program. Uh, it could potentially be the difference beating one of those teams. If you lose, them, if you lose, that sucks. But if you happen, if you win those games, more often than not, that could be the difference between getting, between getting in and being left out of the college football playoff. I just think there's a lot of things that it could really help you with as a program. But you got to win them. That's the bottom line. So when you schedule, like, yeah, you want to play some really good teams. Like, they'd be awesome to play, like, Ohio State or something. But, hey, you know, you could lose those games. So in, it, uh, let's say if we did play two out-of-conference opponents, Power 5 opponents, would you well, – who would – like, what would be the ideal teams you would play? Or do you want to play teams like Ohio State, uh, Florida State, Michigan, Texas, those kind of teams? Or are you going to try to find some more, like, middling-type programs? Like, Alabama's kind of perfected for the most part. Um, I would love to do that with the, with these groups that have, uh, you know, I would love to throw in a Florida State like that every couple of years while also mixing in these above averages that have decent fan bases, like a Virginia Tech who has a good following sure. and things like that. Here's what I would do. Like Oklahoma State, like they have been, they have a decent following and they're, they're in the middle ground of good but never great. Fair. Uh, here's what I know. You were kind of about this a little bit earlier. Like, I would love for us to be able to kind of, like, look out in the future and project, like, what year, like, when we're going to be good. Like, it's hard to do because if you're scheduling these games, like, five and six years out, that's hard. But if you're scheduling, like, two and three years out, you can like, say— Like, Bama has recently, especially when you have these kickoff classes right. and stuff. Right, in the neutral side games. Neutral side games you can do. You can say, okay, well, we can schedule this game two or three years out, right? So you can say, well, right now we have a freshman quarterback. We had a true freshman quarterback. He was really good this year. He'll be a senior in three years. He'll be a, he might leave after his junior year. So his junior year will be really good at all these recruits here. So maybe we can play a really big opponent. Maybe we can have Ohio State come down to play in the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic and we can because we feel really good about our team. Whereas if it's a year where you're like, okay, we're losing a lot, so let's let's you know, we want to play an out-of-conference team, but let's play like uh, Virginia, right? Like we're doing in 2019, right? So something like that. But when you schedule them five, six, seven years out, it's hard to project that. And that's where it gets difficult. I wish that college football scheduling was something you did like two or three years out, <clears throat> like we do in basketball, sometimes like a year out. Not necessarily like, hey, we're just going to schedule. Yeah, like, like UCLA, Kentucky, we have scheduled in 2024, 25, something like that. Yeah, like Kentucky, Duke, Carolina, all the blue bloods of basketball schedule their games literally maybe a couple months before the Like right now, Mark out. or Tom Crean right now is working on our, our non-conference schedule for next year right now. He's trying to put together our schedule. And I actually yeah, like I mean, that model. I think it was just less than a month ago that UNC's basketball schedule came out with Kentucky on it for this yeah. next year. And um, I think there was another blue blood on it. And so there's things like that that that's another – I like that model because you, 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 you have a better feel for what your team is and who you should be playing. If you schedule at UCLA in 2025 – how do we know what we're going to look like in 2025? We have no idea. Like we haven't even started to recruit the players that will be on that team. So like you just have no idea, and that and that's another part of this as an imperfect system. Like you guys schedule these games out so far in advance. So how do you, but how do you know? So I wish that we could kind of just get to the point so that where we could schedule like hey two three three years out in advance. And it seems like the way to do that now, like you said, is the neutral site games. So would you favor neutral site games like Bama does over home and homes? I think they lose a little bit of their luster. Kind they of like do. I, I prefer home and home. Yeah, I do too. But it's just you have to schedule those like 10 years in advance, which is hard. So it's just not a perfect world. But again, I, I would, I, I'm, I'm on board with this. Like I, I recognize there could, it could hurt us in, a, in a, any given year. But I just think the potential to help us is just, it outweighs any, any potential drawback. So I'm on board with it, man. I just, I'm very, actually, I'm incredibly anxious right now to, to see who he's talking about. When McGarity says, like, we're actively working, what did he say? Let me find the exact quote here. Like, when he says that uh, we have a lot of discussions in the works now, 
I'm like, okay, I want to know what those discussions are. Like, I want to, who are you talking to? I want to know who we're going to be playing. Because that's, uh, to me, that's, that's very exciting. But uh, th- there's a lot of ways to look at this, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on this, guys. So do not be shy. Let us know what you think about this. We totally respect everyone's opinion out there. We'd love to get some different thoughts. There's probably some stuff that, that we didn't think of here, some angles that we didn't look at. So we'd love to hear what you guys had to say. You hit us up on Twitter, at Glory underscore UGA. But thanks for listening, guys. Uh, as always, for Curtis, I'm Tyler. Go dogs.